everybody, Dave Hodges here. Glad you joined us in the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. As you know, we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And, uh, wow, I'll tell you, talk about enslaved. <laughs> Don't talk about enslaved. America is enslaved. Day 34. That's my answer to this. We're going to be talking with Paul Martin. And he agrees America's enslaved. And I can't believe how we just rolled over, put our legs up in the air, and just said, okay, do whatever you want. Barely a whimper from America. If this had been times gone by, we would have had Lexington and Concord. We would have had the Civil War. But instead of what we get, it just, it's difficult to describe. So because it's hard to describe, we're going to go to Paul Martin. He's going to tell us all about it. But before we do, I need to let you know that we have a couple people who make this show possible. Number one are the good people at preparewithdave.com, best and storable food there is. And if you think a gathering food is over, oh my gosh, they're going to let us go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You just keep thinking that way, my friend. Uh, I would recommend that you look at it this way. You're going to have to gather food for as long as you're alive. The damage has been done for a generation, at least. That's one. Number two, some people will just want to grab your food so you get pissed off, pissed off enough to fight, and they can put you back in the slavery box. I'm serious, folks. There's no freedom unless you earn it now. So for your storable food, go to preparewithdave.com. Secondly, if you're in the, I got to fix my car business, or worse yet, if you feel like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to absolutely get a new car. Okay, well, how do you know that's any good? How do you know your car has been fixed? How do you know you haven't been ripped off? Well, Paul and I have the device for you. It's called Fixed, F-I-X-D. It plugs into the port of your car, and it syncs up to your cell phone, just like... That's just like a Fitbit. But this Fitbit will measure how fit your car is. If there's something wrong, it'll list it, and it also put down about how much you should pay for it. You go, you're kidding. No, I'm not. And now that uh, we're paying people to go back to work, at least in some segments, and this will be one of them, you want to make sure you're not getting ripped off. You ever been ripped off? Ever been upsold by a car repairman? <laughs> not anymore. Not with this. And it's inexpensive. Go to repairwithdave.com. That's repairwithdave.com. All right. Paul Martin's been a guest on this show many, 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 many times. But I don't ever recall us starting off the show with saying, we are totally under enslavement. You are living in a country that has been conquered. Its leader has been the victim of a coup. And we have criminals openly criminalizing in public with impunity, like Frosty Fauci is what I call him. The guy is a criminal. He should be in prison. Conflicts of interest over, well, his forfeit 10 body, but it's, this man is a criminal's criminal, and he's getting away with it. And everybody on that COVID-19 team put together by Jared Kushner, who's a business partner of George Soros, 
every one of them has a conflict of interest either with the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation or 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 Eli Lilly. No difference. Paul, welcome to the show and welcome to America Enslavement, day 34. And in 34 days, what's been done to America couldn't be done by the Japanese, the Chinese, in times gone by, uh, the French, the British, the Germans. No, no one, no one ever was able to do to America what's been done in the last 34 days. That's just absolutely amazing. Staying from Welcome, welcome to the USSR, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you take your rights back, they're not going to give them to you. These these people are evil, demonic beings, and we've said many, many times they want you dead. And we've talked many, many, many times. You're breaking up a little bit. Can you reorient? Hello, Paul. Maybe they're stealing our bandwidth now. Paul, can you hear me? Hello, Paul. And we're back. Yeah, when I call you back like that, don't say that because then I, JT's got to go find it and cut it out. Um, oh. I got a good idea. We should do our interviews as you're leaving work. Because when I call you there, we don't have this happen every time. Oh, you mean after work? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you're going to do it in the car, I mean, because honestly, this is so, it's hard on him to try to splice this together. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking here. Son of a bitch. All right, let's try, let's try this one more time. If it happens again, we're gonna to have to go to that, but from now on, let's let's do this when you're at work, okay? Before you come home. Roger that. Okay. <clears throat> All, right. All right. Let me get uh, on here. So we'll go in. We'll go in three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, had a little blip here, but we're back, and um, glad you could stay with us. And we got Paul Barton here. He's going to talk to us about living in, as they said in the old Beatles song, back in the U.S., back in the U.S., back in the USSR. Paul, what in the world is going on here? Well, this, this is, from my position, this has been a long-term strategy. Uh, we saw the whole Democratic Party imploded. We saw all that list of candidates, and we wound up with a amnesia patient and a communist. So for all practical purposes, the Democratic Party is done, and they know it. And you've written about, you've, we've talked about the Chinese coverage of the Democratic Party, and this is just their end game. And And... It's amazing that the American people have just rolled over, put their paws in the air, and said, do whatever you need to do over something that the death rate is so low compared to other pandemics or, or in, in history. It's, it's, it's a tiny little dot in the death rate. 
But this brings me back to one of my favorite guests on my radio show was Charlotte Iserby, the deliberate dumbing down of America. We had... The, the zombie apocalypse is already here, and they're walking. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. And um, I don't have an answer or a prescription for understanding this either. I mean, there's terms we can apply from psychology, but it doesn't tell us what happened to us. I mean, um, groupthink. We're all going along with something simply because our neighbors do. Okay. Hey, Billy, would you jump off a bridge if all your friends did? You know, as moms like to say to their kids. Well, that may be one explanation, groupthink. But I don't think it describes everything. And then there's the, the Milgram experiment where they... Uh, ordered people in this experiment to put someone to death with real no authority over them and almost two-thirds of the participants in the study would have done so um, and that's part of the the group think and then following authority figures orders but Paul I'm hard-pressed here as a psychologist to say that these are the absolute reasons why this is happening but we just are, are dumbed down. It's kind of like we're running through the forest. We're being chased. We get shot. And we're now hit with these numbing agents. And we just lay down and watch it all happen to us. There's no good explanation. We're, all the men are gone. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's truly amazing. But you got to remember that at least... If not more, a third of this population is on SSRIs. They're doped up, numb, and you've got to remember. That, I mean, it's it, it's on. We we've grown into this. It's all about me, and I can't be wrong. And I see people like that every day. I know exactly what's going on. I I know how to act. I know how to do everything I'm supposed to do because I know the truth, and they don't. Okay, I agree. I agree that explains part of it. Okay, but it doesn't explain all of it. It doesn't even explain half of it. And I and when you eliminate, okay, and the SSRIs, I've heard it was twenty percent. Let's say it's fifty percent. Okay, what the hell's wrong with the other fifty percent? But they just they they've been trained to be obedient. They, 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 the, the rational thinking the American people is gone. My, my great mentor, God rest his soul, Bill McKissick, we talked about this for hours and hours in the 80s. And the one thing that he feared was that the American people had lost the ability for any critical thinking. They were slaves to the movies. They're slaves to the TV. They're slaves to their whatever your favorite uh, – a beverage is slave to a lot of things, and they just the, the 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 ability to think has been removed from the American people for a long time. Okay, let's go down this angle. Was there a mass lobotomy performed while we all slept one night? I mean, what can account for this? Well, a lot of it, 
you know the uh, there was a great essay written and I can't remember the guy's name it's been years since I read it but the spiritual side of western man has been removed really was I asleep when that happened it 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 was just it was just incremental i mean it's it's a whole factor of of uh of things and and the frontal lobotomy is probably a good way to say that but this is a this is a process that they've used, and uh, it's probably been going on since World War II. I don't know, Paul. I would rather have a bottle in front of me than have a lobotomy. But yeah. uh, since we don't have the bottle in front of me, I just don't get what you're saying here. And I'm someone who has worked in social sciences for some time, and. I don't see any simple explanations on what happened. Well, I don't. I don't think there are any simple explanations. I think it's just been a long-term process through everything that we see visually every day, and the 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 the, the spirit of the American male, for all practical purposes, through especially through sports. I mean, how, how, how more... How you see all these people in these stadiums and they're just... They're painted up and they're screaming and they're rooting for their team. But we couldn't, we couldn't get a, a rally that big for the First and Second Amendments. Yeah. Although there are, some, there are some rallies taking place around the country right now, um, which is a good sign. I, I think we're going to have one in Colorado on Saturday. But uh, it, it's just not enough. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I've been to a Final Four. I've been to a Broncos football game. Right? More places on earth that are noisier than that. I've been to concerts where people go crazy. So when people's lives are threatened... And I'll just sum up where we're at, okay? This is what's happened to us because of the excuse of this flu. We sit around and we have our First Amendment rights taken away. We can't go to church on Easter Sunday. And why not? Because you might spread the virus. But we let Walmart stay open. And practice basically no social distancing why Walmart stays open and the same with the other box stores now churches could do the same kind of social distancing stay six to ten feet apart uh, but no we can't do that because you see that part of the First Amendment covering freedom to assemble and religion those two of the five parts of the First Amendment Paul and 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 people are just letting this happen to them I mean, the people that went to church in North Carolina, in their cars, in their cars, as the cops come, not practicing social distancing, and writing them tickets for $500 a piece. And we put up with this? And the cops go along with this? The cops are supposed to disobey illegal orders. So what they're saying to us, and I'll come to the point here, box store profits are more important than your First Amendment. 
What the hell? Yeah. Just, it's it's it, it's stunning how they've done this. Just stunning. No, it's they just, haven't done anything. We've let them do this. Oh, I I totally agree. But it it it, it, just, it just boggles my mind. I mean, Fauci it, Fauci is a criminal. Okay, his his uh, ties to the vaccine industry through Bill Gates is profiting. Why he's a government employee? Clear violation of federal law. The guy should be in jail multiple times over. But I meet him on the street. I may not be the pugilist that I used to be. But I guarantee you, if he and I entangled, I'd be the one walking away. And and yet, we let this little punk and his little punk minions just crap on this country, wreck this country, take away people's ability to pay their rent, their mortgage, put more food in their home, a right to association, right to even come out of your flipping house. I mean, what a bunch of wimps we are. Hello, Chinese and Russians. Hey, you know what? Come and attack America right now because we've got so many you-know-whats that there will be no resistance. I'm, I, it's just unbelievable. I... I didn't ever think I'd see anything like this in my lifetime. Well, we did see it once, Paul. When I was a kid, we were protesting the Vietnam War. The kids were out there, the young kids, the college kids. And in a place called Kent State, for those people who weren't around, don't remember, there were protesters at Kent State University. And the National Guard, being as brave as they were at that location, Open fire on unarmed college kids, killing four of them. And I thought, uh-oh, I was old enough to understand. Hey, people aren't going to put up with this. I learned about this in school. It was called the Boston Massacre. And it was one of the triggers for the uh, Revolutionary War. And I thought, oh, my. And I remember my dad talking, oh, gee, I wonder if we're going to have a revolution now. And America just took it. And then the courts exonerated the National Guard when their lives weren't under danger. And my dad says, oh my goodness, son, I hope we're never attacked because we're too sissified to defend ourselves. That was 1970, Paul. Remember it well. Yeah. So I, I don't know that this is a recent phenomena. So let me ask you this question. From 1945 to 1970, a, a time of 25 years. Can we pinpoint anything in that time frame that led to this pussification of United States men? Nothing, nothing I can think of, but, I mean, we, we had such a, an overwhelm, overwhelming response to, of course, World War II and, and uh, the the, the uh, the, the fixed enemies abroad that it, 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 the, the giant group think and, and Americans by far I believe not all but a vast majority of Americans try to do the right thing you know and a lot of people they you know they want to be thought well of and they want to 
you know, the, 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 their social groups and stuff like that. But this this is just this has just gone over the bloody brink. Mhm, mhm. I couldn't agree with you more. It, it just, but we still see. I mean, I'm going to give you an example. Last night I'm watching the news. And some of the stimulus checks have gone out, and I call it buying Americans off for their silence by paying them $1,200 a piece. That's what their constitution was worth to them. And there was one lady who lived here locally, and I live north of Phoenix out in the rural desert, and she lived in a retirement community called Sun City. And her $1,200 stimulus check came, and she didn't cash it. She instead donated it to a food bank. So Americans who've been a real victim of this and they don't know where their next meal is coming from, she took that stimulus check and said, you know what, I can probably get by without this, so I'm going to help somebody else. So we still have Americans who are generous to a fault. However, note the gender of what I just described. I didn't say the male. I said the female. Do you have any comment on that? My 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 poor one remaining functioning brain cell is just in complete overload. But I do think that that there is that segment out there, but that doesn't matter. I mean, th- this whole nation needs to rise up and say no. I go where I, I go where I want to go. I don't wear a mask. Uh, I mean, if, if you were talking about a while ago at the Walmart. I mean, lo- local grocery store here. People are just walking around, or getting their vegetables, standing next to each other, talking, everything like that. This is a this is a highly infectious disease. Got it. The mass, the, the, the numbers are, the, the critical numbers are for those 80 plus, and generally have underlying conditions. There have been some reported deaths of couple of babies and and people are just going to die but you can't lock down a whole nation and destroy the economy and food system and everything that goes with that over somebody's might die we're going to die anyway well i got a stat for you in fact the ex-secretary of education bill bennett was actually on fox news talking about this and uh, it's something that i've known for a while for every increase of 1% in the unemployment rate, that equates to 10,000 people dying. You believe that? Okay, let's just do the math. So we've locked down now, these are the latest figures, 313 million people. Um, what was it? 7 million people last week applied for jobless benefits in one week in one week so where's the greater loss of life going to occur is it going to occur by keeping you prisoner in your own home or is it by the offshoots the ramifications of high unemployment Paul there's no question there's no question what the answer is here Oh, absolutely not. But when have you heard the mainstream media 
the people who Himmler would be enormously proud of. When have they even talked about this? This is a well-known stat. They, they don't, Dave. I mean, here's Trump yesterday in his press conference, almost taking half a victory lap. And I'm thinking, are you on crack, Mr. President? There's nothing to be celebrating here. Well, they were saying two to three million deaths. Okay, Mr. President, got a little word for you here. Keep going the way you're going. You're going to get to that two to three million deaths. It's just you can't legitimately call it the coronavirus. Yeah, it's the, it's the invisible enemy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's just incredible to me. And um, and here's the other thing, Paul. Let, let's talk about their solution. I wrote an article. Actually, I did a podcast on this. I, I think I called it something like Phase One, Phase Two, and what they're going to do to you, and why the Democrats won't let you out of your house until the election. Do you agree with that title? It could very well be true. I mean, people are doing now. They'll do it for another couple of months. Yeah, I, I, I've had two, two politicos here in Arizona contact me in the last, oh, what's it now, about 36 hours. And they used go-betweens. And they're people who I've interviewed before, but they're in Arizona politics in one fashion or another. Dave, are you going to the protest movement at the state capitol on Monday at noon? Well, I don't know. You think I should? Because I'm the first person I had a conversation with. Um, I've known fairly well. I mean, I got to know this person privately. And and I said, I don't know. I mean, how many people are going to show up? And we had the talking out. Now, it's kind of funny. Right after I hang up, Lisa Haven calls me. <laughs> this is the, Paul, this is funny. And Lisa Haven says to me, Dave, are you going to this protest movement? It's being put on by a guy who's running for the state house here in Arizona. And he is sponsoring, and I'm going to actually put something on the website about it tomorrow and Sunday. And he's sponsoring this movement. And he has uh, over 25,000 people that have signed a petition that have gone directly to Doug Ducey, our Republican governor, saying, open the state up. Enough is enough. And then um, I got contacted by another person in Arizona politics through a a go-between who knows me and knows them. And they said the same thing. So I've decided I'm going, you know, with my son. And we're going to go down to what's called Wesley Bolin Plaza. We'll be there well in advance of noon. And the nice thing is about if you're doing something on YouTube, you can live stream it on your phone. And we're going to do a little bit of live stream here, and I'm going to describe what we see. I'm going to be covering it, and we give attention to it on my website. But here's what's interesting. Are you ready for this? We have a mayor in Phoenix. Her name is Kate Gallego. And no one's very familiar with her because she hasn't been in office that long. But she's managed to piss off just about everybody that's in office. So Kate Gallego 
uh, makes unilateral decisions, but she's a damn good Democrat. She's really a good Democrat. Because when Ducey said, well, we're going to keep the golf courses open at their own discretion. If people are practicing social distancing, there's no danger here. And by the way, they wipe the carts down. And if you ride in a cart, you're riding with someone you live with. So you're already violating social distance in your living arrangement. And and they go through all these precautions. They've even taken uh, the deep cup out of um, the the holes where you sink the ball. And all you have to do is just scrape in your, um, your the back end of your putter and use that groove and you just pull the ball right out. And there's almost no chance of any contamination on the golf course. None. Zero. Nada. And yet this Kate Gallego did about a 10-minute press conference when she acted like a little petulant child who had rabies and was totally out of control. Her veins were sticking out of her head, frothing at the mouth. I mean, Paul, this woman is insane. She is, literally. And I'm sitting here back. I've done work in mental health with people. And I'm telling you, she's rabid. She's crazy. I wouldn't leave young children around her without supervision. She's nuts. And she's going on and on and on. We have to have those people in their house. They can't be allowed to. What is the governor doing? So what does Trump say yesterday? Now, we're going to let the people decide. The governors, the governors. And they can decide on a county-by-county or city-by-city basis. Paul, hello? The Democrats want you and me to hate life. They want us to blame this administration so we can they can get them voted out of office and we have a change in November. And these Democratic governors aren't going to let anybody out. These Democratic mayors aren't going to let anybody out until December. And I'll give you one more thing here. We know there has been fraudulent numbers where they've taken a death that was clearly a heart attack unrelated to the virus or a fetus that was born 22 weeks early to a mother that was dying. And it was all coronavirus. If there's any doubt, it's coronavirus. So they're going to keep the numbers artificially high anyway, so we never get our freedom back. What do you think, Paul? I think you're dead on. I mean, this is for these evil, psychotic people like the mayor you were just talking about. This is a dream come true for them. And I and, and we were talking to this shortly after the president was elected. And I said that they will go to scorched earth. And there's where we are. Yeah, I remember I asked you this question. When Trump was elected and it was right after, and everyone else who's conservative is going, yay, 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 we don't have to do anything. Trump is going to save us. We can continue to be the little sissies that we are. Yay, Trump. And I asked you a question. I said, you think they'll be opposed? Oh, yeah. In fact, I said, what do you think that the Democrats on behalf of the deep state, who works on behalf of the globalists, who want to wipe out the Constitution, wipe out America as we know it, what do you think they won't do? And Paul, tell the audience what your answer was. I, I don't recall right now, Dave. Oh, you don't? Oh, you simply said there's nothing they won't do. Oh, that's, I mean, if, if this virus doesn't hit 
hard enough, they'll hit us with another one. I mean, your FEMA guy even told you that. Yeah, the guy who bugged out in fear for his life because of what he knew in uh, bioterrorism involving FEMA. And he said, I could be a dead man, so I'm going into hiding. And he wasn't alone. There were other people from that agency that went too, back in late 2012. And I didn't, I wasn't allowed to cover it until after they were safely gone because I had agreed not to. So I had to hold on to this story for two months. And this was breaking on the, uh, the revelation of Benghazi. <laughs> when I came across the stuff I broke on that story, this was the story I couldn't tell at the same time. So yeah, there's nothing these people will not do. I'll, I'll say this quite clearly. If Nancy Pelosi was faced with admitting defeat or detonating a nuclear weapon in Washington, D.C., Paul, which do you think she'd choose? Oh, the nuke. But you know, there are some people that say, oh, Paul, you're just a fear monger. Well, you? I, you know, one of the things that Brandon Smith over at Off Market spent maybe a year ago wrote a great article on why the, the people in the liberty movement don't grasp what's going on with the deep state and the new world order is because we don't think in, in, in massive, massive, massive amounts of evil like those people think. And it's hard for us to comprehend who these people are and what they want because we just normal functioning human beings go to work, raise our kids, try to do the right thing, can't imagine what the, how these people think and what they think. It's a great article. And that's, you know, that's just another another part of the, another spoke on this wheel of what we're talking about. And the Democrats don't care if 300 million Americans die. Doesn't bother them to slice. They'll, they'll just head to their favorite restaurant. Who was it? Stalin said one, one death is terrible a million is but a statistic. And that's the way these people think. Yeah, I don't think they're going to detonate a nuke because they're handing the country off. And I, this is so conspiratorial, Paul. And we know that in 1967, the CIA came out with the program, convinced people there's no such thing as a conspiracy. Like, two bad people will never get together to plan to do something wrong. And so now when you talk about stuff like this, oh, I, I remember this, okay? Fellow, fellow professor, okay? Fellow professor. He said something to me one day about Lee Harvey Oswald. And the implicit implication was that, oh, he, he killed President Kennedy. You know, we, that's all there is to it. And I said, where'd you get that? And he says, what do you mean? I said, so you think Oswald did all that shooting? So he ever looked at the forensics of the case? Did you ever look at the timing problem uh, you know you have a, an Italian manicure rifle that had defective sight on it and you can't even fire three shots in nine seconds and this is without aiming and he said what I said yeah without aiming and yet he did world-class shooting that no one could ever duplicate huh yeah I said you didn't know that and and I said uh, they had to change their story twice in the Warren Commission because they found a missing shot so they had to come up with a magic bullet. There he goes, what was that? And I explained, he goes, oh, Dave, you've always struck me as being so normal. 
I didn't know you were a conspiracy theorist. This is a guy. This is a guy that had two PhDs. Oh my God! I know. Well, every everybody in the world tried to pull off that shot. The Cubans tried it. The Russians tried it. Everybody tried that same scenario with the assassination of Kennedy, and nobody could pull it off. So here's what I said to him. This talks about the programming of the American people. I said, "Do you know anything about Oswald's background?" Well, I suppose you're going to tell me how he didn't do it. And I said, well, I know he didn't do it alone. I said, do you know he failed his marine marksmanship test twice? And yet he did shooting that no one to this day, and this would have been about 2005. And I said, no one to this day has ever been able to duplicate. And it was, are you kidding me? And you could see he just couldn't absorb what it is I was saying that there could have been a conspiracy involved. And yet, that's how a lot of people have been programmed. And, in fact, there was a movie that even uh, emphasized it. It was called Conspiracy Theory. And it was just this guy who had all these nutty conspiracy ideas. And, uh, of course, they could never be true. And he's mentally ill. <laughs> and this is what we face today, Paul. We really do. I mean, did you know that the vaccine, that, that that they never have a vaccine, but they do now? And that thing takes years to develop. How would yep. they have a vaccine ready if they didn't know this was already coming pre-planned? Because you're talking about a process that's multi-year process. You have to test it on your subjects. You have to have a control group, experimental group. You have to do lots of studies and they have to agree with each other. So when you run this statistical test of all the studies that have been done, your level of significance has to be 0.05 or lower, which says that we're confident this vaccine is going to work over 95% of the time. That takes years to do that kind of protocol. And yet the American people are, oh, 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 they got a vaccine. All line up and take the vaccine. Paul, do you know the 30 vaccines the CDC says kids have to have? How many of them do you think have gone through a double-blind study, series of studies? Probably none of them. You're right. Zero. Zero. Not one. People say, oh, Dave, are you an anti-vaxxer? No, I'm anti-witchcraft. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm anti-witchcraft. Show me the data. Oh, by the way. Should I mention, Paul, that I used to supervise a master's degree thesis at a university for four and a half years, and I would teach them their research principles. So this is in my wheelhouse. This is something I know a fair amount about. And like Dr. Fauci, he wrote this, uh, gosh, it was terrible, Paul. He wrote this um, research study they published with two colleagues in the New England Journal of Medicine supposedly a Hall of Fame journal, well-respected. So I go, well, let's go see what old Frosty Fauci has to say. And his, I couldn't believe it. They had none of the protocols for good research, not one. And I said to my wife, as I was looking at this, I said, honey, if I'd have had this guy in class, he wouldn't have made it to the midterm. He wouldn't have been allowed to take the midterm with his stupidity in the ignorance or deliberate fraud that we're seeing here. 
and yet people are quoting this so-called study like it means something. And in science, one study doesn't tell you anything. You have to have a series of studies done the same way that agree with each other. Paul, that's, and see, we're back to square one. How can you fool, or what did Abraham Lincoln say? You can't fool all the people all the time. So I'll ask this question to you. How do you fool almost all the people all the time? I, I, it, it just boggles my mind. It, it really does. I mean, it, it, there's no, there's no rational reason why this should be happening. This is all irrational. Yeah, I have a good friend, Diane. Her husband's a big-time ski guy, ski patrol up in the mountains. And he came, of course, they closed the ski areas, but he won't even leave. He is terrified. He won't even leave the house. That's me laughing at him. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 and it just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, a lot of people out there are just simply terrified. I mean, I, I look, uh, you know, the eyes of my dad always told me the eyes are the window to the soul. And, and I look at people's eyes when they come in the store. And I'd say 30% of our customers are terrified. They've got their gloves on and their masks and, and, uh, they're practicing their social distancing in the store. This is like a bunch of well-trained SEALs. <laughs> and not Navy SEALs either. And not Navy SEALs either, huh? No. Yeah, let me, tell you about a, let me tell you about a golf experience my son had. I had. We go to this golf course. It's called the Cimarron Golf Course. It's in Sun City West, which is a retirement community. And it's about 20 miles from my home because we live remote. So we've played there, and we were just going to go and hit balls on the driving range. And so we get there kind of in late side because we didn't want to be around a bunch of people. And I walk in, and I said, yeah, I would like a large bucket of balls. And I'm taking my wallet out, and I'm standing at the counter. And the guy says, you need to back up, sir. And he's six inches from the guy he's working with. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, what makes you think that that guy is more safe than me? You should have seen the look on his face like, you can't ask me a question that I have to think. Exactly. I don't want to have to think. Okay? So, so um, <laughs> I backed up and I said, uh, well, I could toss you my credit card. That'll make you feel better. And you can just leave it there. I'll pick it up in a Kleenex. So we won't have any exchange of common substance. And he says, are you a resident here? And Paul, I've been going there for years. Never had to be a resident. And I says, no, we're not. And just then my son comes walking in. He says, you wait outside. We only allow one person in here at a time. I mean, this guy was sheer panicked. Yep. And and I said to him, okay. He says, no, I'm not a resident. And I'm, he goes, well, you can put your credit card back because you can't play here. And I'm looking out the back window behind him on this massively long, probably 250-yard wide driving range. It's big. And there were three people out there. They're 45 minutes from being closed. So I don't think anyone else is coming. And I said, can you explain to me how two people can't go out there and stay 30 yards apart from the nearest person. Can you explain that to me? Well, that's our policy. 
and I said, since when did America lose its common sense? Then I asked the guy, I said, have you been to a grocery store since this crap all started? I said, it must be a terrifying moment for you. And I turned around and walked out. That really happened, Paul. I'm not kidding. That really happened. Oh, I believe it. Well, this is this is old Sun Tzu's Art of War. What is that? Over 2,000-year-old, still used in every war college in the world. And you, it's easier to defeat your enemy psychologically. That way you don't lose as many bows and spears and men and horses. I know. This is what the, this is this is psychological warfare at its finest. Well, it's psychological warfare to the dead, because from the neck up, the good majority of people in this country, the good people, nice people, they're dead from the neck up. Yep. They've lost the ability to reason, like you said with Charlotte Ezerbeat. I agree. I agree with what she said. I agree with your your usage of her language from years ago. Gosh, I had Charlotte on my show. Oh, we're going back 12, 13 years. Yes, she, she's great to have when you really don't want to do a show because all you got to do is catch her at the breaks <laughs> and then bring her back on, man. She goes. That's like Deborah but, yeah, Tavares. Yeah, same thing. I mean, she's Deborah is like a, a statistic a second. I mean, yeah. her mind is incredible how she can memorize all these things and just, just one, and she'll go zero to 60 in two seconds and stay there. When yeah, I do those kind does. of interviews, I just get out of the way and shut up. Yeah, that's the best thing to do with those two. But, I mean, I mean, Charlotte just laid the whole thing out. I think that thing had 40 pages of footnotes. Wow. And you can still, it's online. You can, uh, I think it, when it first came out, it was like $42. And about a year later, she just thought that the country was in such a crisis that, that, uh, that they just put the whole book online. She left the country. Her husband's from Belgium. She left the country for quite a while while Obama was in office. But she's back. But uh, yeah, if you want if you want to see the uh, the click by click by click move how they did it, deliberatedumbingdownofamerica.com will get it to you. Hey, you want a good story about our education system? <laughs> what education? This, this is well, okay. This exactly. I'm going to give you the, the a good takeaway example. One that the listening audience can repeat at the dinner table. My son, not trying to brag, but my son, very, very good student, and knock on wood, right? He hasn't had a B since the seventh grade, and he's now in his junior year in college. And he was one of two kids in his high school of the graduating class, about 600 kids, that uh, one of two kids never had a B all the way through high school. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I sound like a bragging dad, but I want to prove the point here. Um, he and I'm just going to be really honest with you too his interest is in law okay and business and uh, he said dad I don't think I need to take the highest level of math you can take in high school it's not my major and I said son I, I agree with you he said that's the way you want to go and you're locked into where you want to, what you want to do and where you want to go with this I said that's fine and this was like his sophomore year in high school and so I didn't have a problem with it because, you know, I've taught at a fairly high level myself. And I'm thinking he doesn't need that if he doesn't want it. So when he didn't sign up for the highest level of math, it was advanced calculus. 
um, one of the math teachers called him a dumbass. I'm very serious about that. So keep in mind, okay, he upset some of his teachers because he didn't go to the highest level. Let's go back to when he was in about the fourth grade, fifth grade, and Obamanite was there with, you know, uh, the Common Core, or what I called the Communist Core. And in that curriculum, you had to know three ways to do a problem and do the proof for all three ways. Okay, well, that was fine. But he and his friend Andrew had moved up two grades above their grade level for math. They were both gifted. And my son one day came up with a fourth way. And Andrew did too. And they weren't even working together. And the teacher gave him an F. Why? Because it wasn't the Obama way. They did a fourth way and made up their own proof. Now, to me, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking as someone who's somewhat you know knowledgeable about human learning and human behavior and i thought i'm really proud of my kid man that shows initiative creativity and at a very young age i think whoa he could be something special and the teacher nope he didn't do it the approved way i called the teacher and i said uh i said how is it that you're sitting in a room right now with the light on he goes what i said there had to be someone who thought outside the box who was correct I said, if you were in charge of the education system for time immemorial, going back in our history, we would still be sitting in log cabins with no technology. <laughs> this is how stupid it is, Paul. And now a generation of kids that's been raised this way, okay, a generation of kids. Can you believe that? Oh yeah, my my. Is, uh, is my that a good story? Is that a good story to end on? Oh, it, that, that's classic. Picture paints a thousand words. I know. I, I just I, I scratch my head, and I just say, "We're so freaking dumb. It's unbelievable." We as the parents that have allowed this to happen to our kids, and it, it goes back. Um, it goes back into the, when I, I actually trace this, and so I. I've done kind of parallel path of research that Charlotte Isserby did. She lived it. I researched it. And it really started with America, crisis in education, and a report in the 1980s. And we started all this nonsense. And then there was no child left without a behind, or no child left behind George Bush. And then it was the, yeah. con then it was the communist core. And today we have people that shelter in place without any proof that they need to do so. But all they have to do is to wear masks out in public. Seriously. See, Mike Adams says this thing is really, really bad. His, his numbers are high for infection and the velocity rate's high. But he said, we could go out right now, except for the vulnerable. And he said, uh, all they have to do is wear masks. But we can't think that far ahead. Well, Paul, I wanted to let people know, too, you've got a great website out there. It's called uh, revolutionradio.org. I love it when I call you, too, and you don't pick up. I don't like the fact you're ignoring me. But I like your message. It says, join the revolution. <laughs> Hello? These people have to put down their beer and get off the couch. Anyway, Paul, we're in trouble, my friend. And I don't think that there's any coming back from this. And on that note, my friend, we are up against it. Remember our sponsor, Fixed, repairwithdave.com. Don't get ripped off again. And to everybody else, stay tuned. We'll be back. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Dave.